Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're thinking about just starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And if you joined us last week, you will have learned all about putting together a cash flow for your vegan business. And I have to say that that episode absolutely bombed. What is wrong with you people? I know that I categorized last week as boring but important, but it was really important information because it was basically how to make sure that your vegan business doesn't run out of money. So if you skipped last week thinking that you're just not interested in the financial side of running a successful vegan business, then go back and listen to it. Otherwise, you will have missed some really crucial, perhaps even business-changing information. And I mentioned that partially down to her to ego when I saw last week's listening figures compared to what we normally get, but also because we're talking about money again this week. But we're talking about the sexy side of money, the fun side, the getting other people to put cash into your business side of money. Because a lot of us seem to think that if you just come up with a good idea for a vegan business, that people are going to be falling over themselves to give you money to go and do it. And it's simply not the case. And we've covered a lot about what investors are looking for in a vegan business and all the different ways that you can raise money. But in today's episode, I wanted to bring you an interview that I recorded with one of our Vegan Business Tribe members, Andrew Alexander, who is currently producing a documentary called Creating a Vegan World. Now, Andrew is originally from the US, but he now lives in Australia and he's made a lot of progress on this documentary, especially with COVID and everything else, meaning that he's not been able to travel and film as much as he was planning to do. But Andrew has just run a successful crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter to raise 10,000 US dollars. And that's to pay for the Netflix approved recording kit that he needed in order to have a chance of getting the documentary picked up by those streaming services. And the interesting anecdote about this was that about seven days away from the end of his Kickstarter campaign, Andrew sent me a message. Well, it was more of a plea for help because his campaign was only 30% funded and he'd chosen the all or nothing route, meaning that if he didn't hit that target, then he wouldn't get a cent of the money that had already been pledged. And of course, with Andrew being one of our Vegan Business Tribe members, we responded with all the support we could. But I knew that a lot of the success of a crowdfunding campaign, it comes in the work that you do before you launch. So although I did everything I could to really charge Andrew up, I kind of left that conversation with a little bit of a sinking feeling that he was going to be hit with a huge disappointment. But the amazing thing was, 
seven days later at one o'clock in the morning, Andrew sent me a screen grab showing that he had just hit his $10,000 target with only a couple hours left. So I really wanted to know what happened in those last couple of days. How had he gone from almost nothing to 10 grand in just a couple of days? And would he be willing to share what he learned with the rest of the tribe? So before we get into that interview, if you are currently thinking about crowdfunding as a way of funding your business, then do come and engage with us at Vegan Business Tribe. Because in the members-only part of the website, we've got a whole resource section on crowdfunding. And we created that in collaboration with Crowdfunder UK. We have recordings of the live workshops that we did with the crowdfunder team to walk you through how to set up and run a successful campaign. And we've got interviews with our members who have done crowdfunders themselves, sharing how they did it. And I know that we've covered how to do crowdfunding on at least two episodes of this podcast too. So all that is in that section. And we've also just added the video version of this interview into our crowdfunding resources section too. So if you prefer to watch along rather than listen, then you can go find all that over on the website too. And to get access to all this, as well as all our other content and resources, as well as an amazing community to support you through your crowdfunding campaign, just as we got behind Andrew, then head over to the website at veganbusinesstribe.com and click on that big join button on the homepage. And if you do sign up as one of our members, then know that you are also funding the work we do to champion the vegan business scene around the world, which includes making sure that we can keep putting out this podcast every week and just doing what we can to help hundreds, maybe even thousands of vegan businesses grow. Okay, so let's get over to the interview to find out how Andrew crowdfunded $10,000 on Kickstarter for his vegan documentary and how and why he raised the majority of that in the last few days of his campaign. So I've just taken a moment to catch up with Andrew Alexander, who is the creator of a new documentary called Creating a Vegan World. And the reason we're talking today, Andrew, is because you are fresh off the back of your successful crowdfunder campaign to fund the next part of getting the documentary uh, made and out to market. So can you just tell me how much you were looking to raise in that crowdfunder? Definitely. So through my Kickstarter campaign, I was looking to raise 10,000 US dollars where before the campaign, I was like, maybe I'm not asking for enough. Um, after the first couple of days, I'm like, I'm on track. And then like a week into, I'm like, I should have asked for less because it's an all or nothing type of thing. So it's been a, it's a journey. There's always that roller coaster of fundraising, isn't there? Before we go into the details of your crowdfunding campaign and how you did it, I'd just like to talk a little about the documentary itself, because... The central premise of a film is that there are a lot of problems in the world right now, from water shortages, you know, to, to food scarcity and climate change, even systematic uh, public health issues. But all these can be alleviated by one really easy, simple fix. The world just needs to go vegan, right? Absolutely. So I'm not saying going vegan will solve every problem in the world, but it'll solve a lot of problems. And the lessons we learn from us growing the vegan movement can apply to other movements as well. So that's really why I got into it. And you've got some amazing names in the documentary, haven't you? 
Absolutely. So I interviewed 50 people so far. Some are over Zoom, some are in person, so I'm building it out. But uh, everyone from the plant-based health community, Dr. Esselstyn, Dr. Clapper, the plant-based health professionals in the UK, there's a few members of that organization I interviewed, um, everyone from material innovation, investors, finance, activists, just the broad spectrum of that. So um, the funny part is in most recent days, it's just like people are like, oh, I see all my friends in the film. I'd love to talk to you. And it's really a journey over 14 months where how far we could come. Absolutely. And it's great that you've got that raised publicity that people are actually coming to you now. And what I love is that you've actually, you've gone away, like you said, from just food in this documentary, which is what a lot of vegan documentaries uh, cover. Because you've also interviewed um, politicians like Emma Hurst, and I know she's uh, one of your Australian MPs, and she's a member of the Animal Justice Party. And you've interviewed, like you said, vegan interior designers, vegan business innovators, even authors of vegan children's books. And uh, I, I noticed you've got a few of our vegan business tribe members in there too. Absolutely. Yeah. So for people not familiar with my documentary, like David said, it's like the broad spectrum. And there's so many documentaries out there where it's about this is why you should go vegan. Why you should go vegan? Here's the plant-based health argument. Here's the animal rights argument. Here's the environmental argument. There's just so much information out there where I just kind of want to do a unique angle where this is more of like blueprints for creating systems level change. So just a few minutes ago, I mentioned uh, Dr. Clapper, where in one instance, he could help patients one-on-one um, switch to plant-based diets. But what I interviewed him about is the system change. So he's going into medical schools and he's educating the next generation of doctors. So this way, the future generation of doctors, they graduate. And when they graduate, they'll be able to prescribe more plant-based diets for patients as opposed to just prescription drugs. And there's, he said the one thing that's remaining, or there's a lot of things remaining, but one of the things is like, until nutrition is on the medical board exams, the final exams, schools are not going to take it that seriously, even with plant-based doctors who are professors. So it's all those little things I'm figuring out about how we can make systemic changes where this way, instead of teaching one doctor to help their patients, to help more of them. So in politics, like I said, politics, materials innovation, it's not just medical, it's not just food, it's everywhere. And that is genuinely how you create a vegan world. Okay, so let's get on to the crowdfunding aspect of this because we've got some experience with crowdfunding at Vegan Business Tribe because we we actually took a group of our members through a crowdfunding program in, in partnership with Crowdfunder UK. And I think we collectively raised something like uh, possibly about 20 grand between us all. But what we learned from doing that is that crowdfunding, it doesn't work like you think it does, does it? In fact, I think the statistic is something like less than 20% of crowdfunding campaigns actually hit their target. So did you go into this thinking it was actually going to be fairly easy to raise about $10,000? In the beginning, I was really optimistic because like you said, I interviewed 50 people. I have all these communities supporting me. Everyone on social media is like, I love it. I love it. And then going into it, I was like, this is going to go viral. I'm going to raise $200,000. I'll get everything I need to get the film best quality possible, get the word out there. And then the first couple of days of the campaign, we were like going up, going on track. And then we hit the phase a couple of days after we're like, oh, it's kind of stalled out. The whole dream of it being easy is not the reality. The one big thing that people miss out of their planning when they're organizing a crowdfunding campaign is the crowd. And, you know, usually those who are really successful in crowdfunders, they've already spent time, sometimes, you know, years and years building up an audience first to actually crowdfund from. Absolutely. So, yeah, if I started the campaign today with all the promotion I did over the last 30 days, it'd probably be so much more successful. I can't complain because I hit my goal, but overall, like there's the option to set up your campaign and like a pre-launch page, build your community, build the hype around the actual crowdfunding campaign and then launch it. 
Whereas I felt like I started that on day one, like I made the list of emails of 200 people who are influencers, people I interviewed, friends who have email lists. And once like I hit the ground running, I was like, I should have done this a couple weeks earlier. So anybody's doing a crowdfunding campaign, like plan in advance, no matter how much you want to really start right away. We've heard that before from many, many people. And I think the other thing that we learned um, when we've been helping our members with crowdfunding is that point that you just made. You don't get a steady trickle of donations throughout the campaign. In fact, I know that the vast majority of the money, it usually comes in the first few days and the last few days. And you actually sent me a message about seven days away from the end of your campaign. And I think at that point, you were less than 30% funded. So what happened in that last week? I mean, did you feel like just giving up at that point? Was it a message or just like a beg for help at that point where um i think it was a bit of both yes it's funny a previous thing you said where like you've heard it before like pre-plan for the campaign build the community like say you're launching the kickstarter this and that it's funny because i heard that same message before i started the campaign but i didn't listen to it i don't know if it's ignorance or stubbornness in my mind or like no i'm fine i got it i built my like uh some audience around it but even when you hear other people say it, you have to do it because I should have listened to that advice. And then um, your question about the the final days of the campaign is, yeah, like I said, I raised probably 22, 24% of the campaign in the first couple of days. Some sales trickled in along the thing, but in the last week it was still there. And I was like, wow, I have $8,000 left to go. And that's when I hit kind of like panic mode where it's like, okay, who do I know who has an email list as a social media presence? Or they're a high value donor where maybe they could put in 2,000, 1,000, 5,000. So the last week, I just scheduled about 30 different Zoom calls. I had my uh, social media assistant, um, Joyce. She's just reaching Facebook page admins. She's like, hey, we're launching a Creating a Vegan World documentary. Here's our Kickstarter page. Is there any way you could speak to Andrew to help uh, you give you more information about it and maybe promote it? So the week before the campaign goes up, I just, I was probably on 30 different Zoom calls going from all different directions. That is absolutely amazing. And I think when you're doing a crowdfunder, it is really worthwhile just to try and find yourself a crowdfunder mentor. So somebody who's just done one themselves, because then they can prepare you for this, can't they? They they can prepare you for that shallow in the middle where the money's not going to be coming in. But I know, uh, I mean, that talking about doing 30 Zoom calls, you know, just to get those donors in, that is really, really impressive. But it's that consistency that is really important in a crowdfunding campaign. You really need to be shouting about it pretty much every day, even if the donations seem to have dried up, don't you? you? You have to just keep banging that drum the whole way through. Absolutely. And the biggest thing I learned, like, even if I didn't reach my goal with the Kickstarter campaign, I'll talk more about the campaign with your upcoming questions. But even if I didn't reach my goal, the marketing and promotion I did during those 30 days the campaign was live, it paid off in itself. I'm introduced to people with vegan organizations with millions of followers. One of them is 900,000 followers. Another has a million one person who uh, funded me, he's a leader of an organization. He knows a philanthropist. I was applying for grants where it's a funny story is um, one person I was speaking with where I, was, I asked him for $5,000 over email. I was like, I have one week left to go. Is there any way you could support this? I could add you on as an executive producer of the film, things like that. And he said, I'm on vacation until pretty much the day before the campaign ends. Oh no! So the whole week things are kind of going along and then I'm I'm just building up my mind like, okay, t- this is the morning where like, I'm going to ask for the 5,000 and just, I had the call scheduled with him. And when the call started, he's like, here's the crowdfunding campaigns for other documentaries. Notice how they're further along. They did these things. They went to film festivals and this is why they raised $75,000, $100,000. 
where you're still in the earlier stages in comparison to them. So I felt like that hope was kind of like going downhill, like as the conversation goes. Um, at the end, he put a little bit in, but um, put it, he put enough to help. But uh, the main thing he said was just like, um, get the more professionalism, like with the uh, film festivals, all this stuff. And if I run a campaign for post-production, like promotion, that'd be great. But the really ironic thing is right after I got off the phone call with him, one of the grants I applied for, for $5,000, they said, Andrew, we'd love to support your film with a matching grant of $5,000 for creating a viewing world documentary. And it's kind of like the universe gave me what I asked for, but it came from a completely different direction. And that's really interesting. So I think a lot of people think that a crowdfunder is a now or never kind of campaign, that if you, if you don't hit it first time, or even if you do hit it first time, that that's it. You don't get the chance to go and run another crowdfunder. But lots of people do. You know, lots of people do a crowdfunder at the start of a project, then they'll do a crowdfunder uh, maybe a year later when they're looking to raise a, a bigger amount of money and they've made more publicity about it. But just picking up on that last point you said, because that is really interesting. I know a lot of the people I, I've spoken to about crowdfunding. Um, it's not always just about the money. In fact, I've known some companies who didn't take home a single penny because they didn't hit their target. But they say that the publicity that came from running that crowdfunder, that actually had a massive impact on their business. Oh, absolutely. I have one friend, he ran a, I think he did 100,000 on a Kickstarter campaign, but then he ran an equity crowdfunding campaign where it's, you invest for like micro investments. And even though that campaign wasn't a success, he had a private investor say, we'll offer $500,000 to invest in your business. So everything he did behind the scenes, like um, just go out there, get the word out, and then like it'll come in different directions. And if you want, I could share um, like some other tips I learned along the way or like landmines other people could avoid. So um, yeah, so pretty much it wasn't all like like a, Kickstarter like investments with like $20 here, $50 there, where at the very beginning, I was always told like, get the momentum going. So a couple of days before the campaign, there's a close circle of people I know who could help me just like get it started. So the first thousand, $1,500 is through people I approached before the campaign saying, Hey, can you, can you back this project and just at least get something there? Because if there's a project with 2000 in it, then more people will likely go on board, kind of like the bandwagon effect. And then um, yeah, outside of there, I found the um, a lot of social media. It hasn't like some audiences, they have 100,000 followers or a group with 10,000 followers. Something is posted there, maybe like a $20 pledge came in or a $150 pledge came in. And I was expecting more with such a large following, but from email lists, not from my experience, but other campaigns, they say, if somebody promotes you on an email list, that is much more receptive for these types of campaigns versus just on social media. And the biggest thing I learned is just the personal connections you have with people. Like that's the biggest thing because the person who put in, let's say a thousand dollars, I was introduced to them months ago. We spoke before we have a light level personal connection. Um, there's a person who put in $2,500 and that person I, I've met through the vegan world probably since April or May. And it's because of those personal connections that I feel like a lot of the backers are people who interact with me already, interact with my brand. So there's the audience and then there's people who have the ability to put in a thousand, twenty five hundred where you have more personal connections. So that's the biggest lesson I learned from this, like reach out to people. And it's shifted from just having my assistant ask Facebook page admins if I could promote the campaign in there as opposed to just posting it to here, let's schedule a 30 minute Zoom call with Andrew. 
And this way, now that I'm kind of like making those friendships with other people who are mission aligned, like even though my campaign's over, just like getting the word out for the documentary will be a lot easier. So it's personal connections. I, I can't say that enough. <laughs> the great thing about hearing all this, Andrew, is in a lot of ways, a crowdfunder is just a focus for you actually to start shouting about your project and your business. You know, it, it, I mean, we talk a lot about raising visibility of companies. And, and one of the biggest questions we get at Vegan Business Tribe, you know, is how do I get more visibility for my business? But all this activity you did in a really short amount of time, you could almost do that without actually running a crowdfunder. You, you could just have a publicity and a visibility blitz and do all the things that you did to actually bring publicity to the crowdfunder. Absolutely. And I'm doing that right now. Like the crowdfunding campaign is over, then pretty much I still want to keep the momentum going, build up the community around the film. So what I did is I turned the homepage of my website to a webinar so people can register for a webinar. I summarized what I learned from the 50 people I interviewed just to get something out there while the film is being produced. And the same way I promoted the Kickstarter, I still want to get the webinar out there, build up, I guess, my email subscribers, and then just build that community. So this way, if I have to do another Kickstarter campaign, if I have to ask for help getting the word out when the film's released, wherever it's released, I have that audience going. So I'm just going to continue speaking to people, getting the word out, showing the webinar and just doing interviews like this, podcast interviews. And um, even without, yeah, it's the same strategies or the same way, just um, not asking for money directly, but asking for promotion. And just, you know, just raising that visibility as well. So Andrew, let's, let's jump back a couple of months to when you were first planning this crowdfunder. So if you could go back in time now and, and go and give yourself a very good talking to, or, or maybe just do it all over again, would you change your approach? I mean, what, what kind of preparation would you do? Was, was there anything that you think you really got wrong? Yeah, I mentioned like the building out, like the community, the email list, the pre-launch hype, or part of me wanted like, not so much keep it to myself in the sense that like, other business ideas I try to keep to myself until the launch, but I kind of want to make like a big announcement for like, this is live now. I post on LinkedIn, but before that, like it just, there was no awareness for it. So that type of thing, I would have spent maybe two months or I don't know, maybe four weeks just like promoting say, Hey, on February 1st or whatever the day was, we're going to launch our Kickstarter campaign, go to the, go to the Kickstarter page, enter your email address, sign up to like support it and then build out an email list. There's definitely that. And then just building more relationships with people. So if I had to do again, or if I do a Kickstarter again, I just have those, those main lessons learned. Yeah. And I think a lot of people always say that they wish they just started sharing their business earlier and talking about their business earlier. I think a lot of time when we build a company, we do a lot of it behind closed doors and we try and get, you know, 100% ready and 100% right. But we're actually only making it right for us. It's not until we get that message out there and we share what we're doing with people that we really start to make those connections. And I think it's it's perfectly acceptable now to build any business or to do a project like you're doing with a documentary and build that in public so that people come along on that journey with you. So that when you come to the point of actually, you know, asking them to do something, whether that's to buy, to, to back you or just to get involved, you know, those people already feel invested with the projects that you're doing. Definitely. You mentioned a big thing, like if they're invested with the projects so of people I interviewed, they backed it and like people were more invested. That was really good. And when you said behind the scenes, like outside of the marketing, the promotion, like any business owner knows there's a lot of stuff going on, especially like the inner side of doing business where I come from like an internet marketing background. My first business was an app company. I listed a bunch of apps on the app store, got 1.3 million downloads, got the passive income without having to speak with anyone. Then um, I helped launch another vegan company where it's all digital, Facebook ads, videos, ads, this and that, funnels. But then like the actually going out there and asking for people for money, like that's, that's not really like my personality style growing up. 
And I always had that hesitation of asking for something. So it's funny, one of my friends is a hypnotherapist. So halfway through the campaign, I was like, hey, dude, can you help me out? Let's do a session. And just kind of like working through those hesitations where it's like, I know there's this person with a thousand person email list of vegan investors. Like, I want to say it, but he's like, in my WhatsApp conversations, just like, I want to type it, but something was holding me back. So actually, I went through a few sessions of that. And finally, the last days of the campaign, it's kind of like, in a way, since like building up the courage, but in a way of like working through it. Like now I was comfortable saying, hey, can you put in 5,000? Can you put in 1,000? Like numbers I'm not comfortable quoting in the past with my digital background. So um, there's a lot of like inner game that I work through as well. But I think, Andrew, the difference with what you're doing is you are really, really mission-led. And one thing we always say at Vegan Business Drive is you should never start a business. You should launch a mission. And that's what you've done. And when you've done that, when you do that, rather, you attract the people who believe in that mission. And those people actually want to help you. So, you know, going out and talking to these people and saying, look, this is the difference we're trying to make in the world. We think this actually aligns with your values as well. Those people are much more likely to actually get on board and help you achieve that mission. Absolutely. I spoke with someone after the campaign where um, he does a lot of audio for uh, like films and stuff. And there's one like specific microphone that would be so much better for my film and it's worth a thousand dollars. I had one phone call with him and he offered to send it across the world to Sydney. I had no charge to help with this. And I like the old version of me was like, I'd feel guilty like him giving it to me, but it's, it's about that shared cause, the shared movement. So my hesitation to ask for money, like if it's making a direct sale for me, it might still be there, but if it's okay, no, it's for the cause. And the fact that people entrust me and believe in me to, lead the charge and do it that's it's really grateful feeling that's brilliant andrew so can i ask then what's this ten thousand dollars going to be used for what's it going to enable you to do so this ten thousand is going towards netflix approved camera gear because a lot of my interviews were over zoom i hired videographers which would be really expensive so getting the cameras the lighting the audio gear that i need all that together so when i film everybody in person here when i go to the uk visit you guys over there um back in the us where i'm from it just, we have the best production quality. So that's going towards that. There's going to be further rounds of fundraising where I'm going for philanthropists, maybe investors where absolutely like travel to the UK, like getting seen locations, like rentals, studios, things like that. So um, it's upgrading that as well as whatever costs come up with producing the film. So right now it's towards the creation of it. Then further funding will come towards the video editor, the background music, the PR and marketing. So I see there's like three different stages. So this is stage one, we made it. And now we uh, can produce this part. And um, in summary, like the Australian stories I need to be told for creating a vegan world, like that's financially taken care of. Grateful for all my backers. That is brilliant, Andrew. So if people want to actually find more about this documentary, and maybe they, they actually want to you know support you with it, where can they go? And, and can I ask, when are we likely to be able to see it too? Um, I'll answer the second question first. So there's the ambitious side of me, and then there's the realist side of me. Where, <laughs> Give me both. Yeah, when I interviewed uh, one of the first people I interviewed for this over Zoom, I was like, yeah, by uh, by summer 2021, I'll be back in the US, I'll be filming, we'll be good to go. And now here it's like six months later or something. So the ambitious side of me is like, if funding comes in like we need it, I'd like to have the film done in January 2023. And then I might have to go through approaching Netflix, Amazon Prime. So sometime in 2023 um it might be summer um 2023 or maybe a little bit later it might hit one of those platforms but i'll keep on the people on the loop and then where other people could support it um 
have the website veganworldfilm.com where I'll be putting out a summary of the film as well as webinars, just kind of talking about the progress that I make. So if I interview someone else and they can inspire someone new, I just want to get the information out as the film progresses. So it's more than just a documentary, it's just a movement of information. So veganworldfilm.com, and then we're also active on social media. That's brilliant. So yes, if you are interested in this project and you maybe just want to get behind it too, go check out the website, you know, go, go, go find out more about what Andrew's doing. But Andrew, thank you so much just for taking the time out to share your experience with us. I mean, so many people's vegan journeys actually start because they saw a film or they watched a documentary or, or they saw some footage that was taken as part of a documentary. So that's why we've been really excited to get behind the project. Well, as I know, a lot of our vegan business tribe members have too. Absolutely. And if anyone listens to this, if you're going to launch a Kickstarter campaign or something and need my help, I'd be more than willing to share any more details you want to find out that I didn't talk about in this interview. So um, David has my email or I'm on the Slack uh, channel. Either way, you can find me. I'll be glad to help anyone else. That is brilliant. So uh, Andrew Alexander from Creating a Vegan World Documentary. Hopefully we'll be speaking to you again soon. Definitely. Thank you. And I really enjoyed listening back to that. And one point that I wrote down as a note just now as I was listening back was how much hustle Andrew did, how much visibility Andrew raised for his business in such a short time. Do you really need a crowdfunder as a catalyst for doing that for your business? We get a lot of our members at Vegan Business Tribe asking how they can raise the visibility of their business or their project. And I would say, just look at what Andrew did. How many online meetings have you set up this month to tell people about what you are doing, to see if they can help and to look for those introductions and link-ups? How many podcasts have you got yourself invited on? Do you really need to be doing a crowdfunder to put that much effort into raising the profile of your business? What are you waiting for? So again, if you want more information on crowdfunding, then we've got that whole section on the website that you really need to study before you start your campaign, because you will have a much better chance of being successful with your crowdfunder if you do. And we'll be adding that interview with Andrew as part of that. So that is it. And if you want to keep an eye on Andrew's progress, then go check out his website. Or as Andrew said, he's one of our Vegan Business Tribe members. So you'll also be able to link up with him in our community hub too. And look out for the interviews that he's already recorded in researching the documentary with a number of our Vegan Business Tribe members, including Annette and Graham, aka Henry and Henry, who are currently responsible for our kitchen being full of plastic trays because Lisa and I have taken up sprouting our beans before eating them under their instruction on healthy living. So thank you so much for listening. Lisa and I, we hugely appreciate you giving up your time to listen every week and to come to all of our online sessions and networking meetups and i'll see you on the next one